Does anyone have, and kids up in the back corner, I, I saw two eyes look at me. Does anyone have like a favourite story or a book when they were a kid? Does anyone remember what their favourite story or their favourite book was as a kid? I have, uh, does someone want to yell out what their favourite book was as a kid? Wind in the Willows. I remember reading Wind in the Willows. What? Gizmo. There's a book. I thought that was like from like um, Gremlins. Gizmo. It can, be, it can be two things. Spot. Yeah, the Spot books. Amazing. Harry Potter. That's later on, surely. Lion King, the novel. All right, all right. Now we're getting out of control. It's been good. Thanks for interacting. Um, <laughs> now, I had, I had three books that I remember. And you know, like kids' books, they're made so you remember them. And I reckon I knew most of the words to these three books. The first one was a book called Wombat Stew. Anyone ever read Wombat Stew? Wombat Stew was one of my favourite. I, I, I'm pretty sure I could recite most of it. There was a Dr. Zeus book. I found out that the correct, the correct pronunciation of Dr. Zeus is Dr. Zeus. Did anyone know that? Dr. Zeus, it rhymes with, is that right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, my, hey, my favourite Dr. Zeus book was Walk It In My Pocket. Did anyone remember Walk It In My Pocket? Love that book, like to the point where I'm pretty sure all the pages are torn. And the third one was uh, Bernstein Bears. And it was, uh, I'm trying to remember, Spooky Old Tree, which I read with Evie last week. But Spooky Old Tree, anyone? Anyone? Bernstein Bears? Just my family. Yeah, cool. Must have just been a case there. Anyway, we have those stories that we know so well. We, we memorise them to the point where, like, it is just memorised, right? Like, maybe sometimes uh, we, we see it through the eyes of a kid. And so we're looking today at a story that's kind of like that. One of my favourite stories in Sunday school, uh, we're going to look at, at one of those stories today. And we probably know them as a bit more of a Sunday school moral story or, or, or something like that. But, but today I want us to look at it a little bit with fresh eyes. Can we do that? I know that's sometimes hard when we know a story so well. Um, but we're just going to ask Holy Spirit to reveal something from a very old story. Um, this morning. So again, we're just going to pray and we're going to ask Holy Spirit to come and do that. Uh, God, we thank you you're with us. We thank you for uh, our, our faith family here this morning together. We thank you that so many generations are represented. We just ask in these moments that Holy Spirit, you bring your truth to us, that your truth transforms us and it makes us more and more like Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath this morning, all right? David and Goliath, anyone love the story of David and Goliath? Love the story. It's one, like I said, it's one of my, my favourites. And it's, it's quite a long scripture reading, uh, and it comes from Samuel uh, chapter 17, uh, if you want to look through the scripture. But I figured I'll give you a bit of a, a recap 
Is that okay if I just give you the recap of the story? Yeah, thank you. So the background is um, David has been anointed by Samuel as the next king of Israel. Do we remember the story of Samuel kind of comes to Jesse and, and looks at all the sons and, uh, and in the end anoints David? Now, David, David ends up going to serve King Saul in his court by playing the harp. You know, he plays music for, for the king and the king loves kind of uh, the music that, that David, it kind of relaxes him. And, and so David serves King Saul. There was a, another group of people, another kind of country uh, called the Philistines. Uh, and and they, they had come uh, to attack the Israelites. And they had a champion called Goliath, who, who we've heard of. And Goliath was a huge man, right? It says that if you, if you take the, the Bible account, like literally, it says that he was over nine feet tall. Who's the tallest person that you know? I reckon Matt Lewis is one of the tallest people that I know. Oh, Luke White. Luke White is about, what do you reckon, six, eight foot three? <laughs> he's, he's under seven foot, Luke White, for those who know him. Those who don't know him, just imagine a big guy. Uh, but I reckon the tall, I've, I don't know if I've ever met someone who's seven foot. But seven foot's pretty tall, right? And this guy is saying that he was nine foot tall. Might have been an over-exaggeration on the nine foot, but he was massive, Massive guy, Matt Hodge type guy. And, and Goliath had come dressed for war. He, he was like in his, in his helmet, in his armour. He, he had a javelin. And Goliath called out for a challenger. So the battle could be sorted out uh, between two people instead of two armies. Now this is pretty, pretty common ancient times. Has anyone ever seen the movie Troy? Yeah, you kind of see an example of that in Troy where if, if, if a king wanted to take over another land, well, they didn't want to lose all the people. And so what they would do is present, here's my challenger, and you'd have two challengers who fought on the battlefield. So only one would die and the, the other would surrender to the, to the challenger. Does that make sense? And so that's what we see happen in the story of David is that Goliath, calls out for a challenger from the Israelites. But Saul, the king, and the Israelites were too terrified of Goliath. As you can imagine, massive man, dressed in armour. He had obviously been a champion in the past. Meanwhile, David, who had uh, been serving Saul, he, he must have gone back home to help his father for a bit. And we hear the story that Jesse as in David's father, Jesse, had, had given David some supplies, some snacks, some food for David's brothers who were serving on the front line in the army. Now, Goliath continued to call out and he taunted the Israelites. And it says he did it for 40 days. How often do we hear that 40 days in the Bible? It's obviously there's some significance in, in 40 days. But, but he called out the Israelites for 40 days. One day, uh, after Jesse had given David all the food, David headed off to the front line. And he was to kind of 
check on his brothers, and then obviously report back to Jesse what was going on, as well as giving food. And as David arrived to this scene, uh, both armies faced each other again, we, we hear in Scripture. Goliath again, calling out the Israelites. The Israelites running away scared again, no one willing to fight Goliath. Now, David, had once he got to the front line, he had delivered his food, he had heard that there was actually a great reward being offered by King Saul for whoever could take out Goliath. And so he kind of started to get annoyed that Goliath was taunting the Israelites, that Goliath was kind of cursing out their God, that Goliath would, would defy the army of the living God. David's brothers were pretty annoyed that their little brother had come to the front line. Does anyone get annoyed by their younger sibling? Is anyone the elder sibling in the room? And younger siblings, who knows younger siblings? Oh, man. I know a lot said about older siblings, like being really harsh and stuff, but younger siblings can be pretty annoying. And, and you're like, you're doing something that's, you know, meaningful or really, I don't know if war is fun, but but your younger sibling comes along to try and be part of it. Anyway, David's siblings get really annoyed. They're like, they're like, David, this is our time here. What are you doing? Now we're going to have to look after you. You turn up at the front line. They get annoyed. And David starts, David starts getting stirred up. And he's kind of like, I, why is this guy, why is anyone letting this guy call us out? Why is anyone letting this guy taunt us? Like, Surely someone needs to go and fight him. Word gets back to King Saul that David's fired up and that David actually wants to fight Goliath. And, and so Saul brings in David and he, he kind of gives him a bit of a pep talk. I, I can't imagine Saul was really thinking uh, too much about what David could do, like a young boy at this point. But he, but he gives him, Saul gives David his armour and, and kind of, says, David, you can go ahead and, and fight this. David was very confident. David put the armour on, but he tells Saul that he can't use it because the armour is, you know, too big and he's not used to armour. Anyway, David, we know the story from here. David picks up five small stones. He goes out onto the battlefield. Goliath sees David. This big champion, he sees David and he starts like cursing at him. Can't believe that a little like kid is coming to fight him. But David replies that he comes in the name of the Lord and that the Lord is going to conquer Goliath and that David will cut off his head is what David says. That's, that's the bit that's kind of left out in Sunday school, you know, the cutting off the head bit. Uh, it's nice with the stones and a slingshot. Um, but then David goes out and he meets Goliath. And we see that David slings one of those stones. It hits Goliath in the head. Goliath topples over. And, it, and again, the bit that's left out, David runs over and cuts off Goliath's head. And the Israelites have the victory. In fact, it tells us that, that when that happened the Philistines ran away. 
They, they ran away and the Israelites at that point had the courage to run in and chase the Philistines away. It tells us a bit later on, this is just a, a little side thing, more about the head. But it tells us afterwards that, that David goes and meets with Saul after the battle's won. And it tells us that David is still holding Goliath's head. This is like well after the battle and David is still carrying around Goliath's head. That's a cool bit of story. Who's listening? Jude's listening. There we go. I knew I'd get one of them. Um, so it's a familiar story. The story of David and Goliath. Familiar story. This morning to us, in this room, why does this story matter? Why does this story matter? Well, for years, can I tell you, that I've always thought that the David and Goliath story is a great story of David's courage, right? And David's faith. And that when we trust in God, when we, when we have enough faith and we have enough courage, whatever giant we face in life, God can and will defeat that giant. Does that sound like good news this morning? That's, that's, that's how I like, it sounds like good news. And I actually believe that's true, that if we have the faith and we have the courage to stand up to those giants, that, that God is a good God, that God can defeat those giants. I want to present you with a problem this morning, though. When is this story not good news for us? When is this story not good news for me? And this morning I want to tell you that it's not good news when I, when I don't have complete faith. It's not good news when, when, I, like, when I'm scared. It's not good news when I'm lacking, when I don't have all the goods, when I'm not put together right. This story is not exactly good news. You see, David is the hero of the story, isn't he? When we look at the story, David's the hero of the story. And, uh, and yes, we know that he wins because God is behind him and with him. But can I tell you this morning, David is special, right, in this story? David is the anointed king-to-be of Israel. He has been chosen by God. And it's quite special circumstances that David is even anointed, isn't it? He's not the eldest. He's, he's picked out. It's a, it's a God-ordained moment. David is very special. And this morning, I want to tell you, I'm not sure that I can live up to being like David. If I'm honest with you this morning about who I am, I'd like to think that I could be like David. But in reality, in those moments when I face some of those giants, when I face the hardest things, and if I'm real with you, I, I fail personally, I fail. Time and time again, actually, I, I fail. I, I am not that special king that David is. We're going to have a little bit of a different look at this story. One that doesn't centre around the fact or, or doesn't may, mean we have to be as courageous 
or as special as David. Quite often we look at this very well-known story and think, uh, what do I have to do to be like David in the story, right? You know, like we usually look at it and we, we place ourselves as the hero in the story. But what if actually when we look at this story, what if we aren't actually the hero in the story? That this story is bigger than us just individually. This story is actually about a rescue of a people from a hopeless situation. A situation that actually, if we look at it on paper, a a situation that the Israelites couldn't possibly win. An enemy that was too strong, a problem that was too big, a problem that was too scary. This situation actually needed a hero. This situation actually needed a saviour. And the good news this morning, can I tell you this morning, this might be a relief for some of you. The good news this morning is that we don't need to be the hero. The good news is that we actually don't need to have the courage to face that giant. That we don't actually need all the strength to face that giant, the skill, the boldness. We don't actually need that. Does that seem a bit counterintuitive? Who knows that we live in an age where it's all about the individual, where self-help is what the world is actually about. If you can muster up, you know, all the things in yourself, you'll survive and you'll conquer. I believe the gospel paints a very different picture to that. You see, if we actually put ourselves in this story this morning, I don't think that we're David. I actually think that we're the Israelites in this story, right? Scared, we're being taunted, being intimidated, maybe, maybe even a bit weak, a bit clueless. On the, for some of us, we might feel like we're even on the brink of defeat. But can I tell you this morning, there is a hero. An unlikely, seemingly weak and ill-equipped, but anointed king and messiah sent by his father into battle. Anyone know where I'm heading this morning? This hero, while the only thing anyone else does is watch, right? goes and meets this giant head on. This giant that has never been defeated before. Never been defeated before. An impossible task for us. And the hero, the saviour, he strikes a blow to the giant's head. And just to make sure, just to make sure there's no chance of resurrection or the giant having any power again, The champion removes the head of the enemy. The Israelites then chase the rest of the army back. And it says, they enjoyed the plunder and the riches of the hero's victory. 
I believe firmly that throughout the whole Bible, God reminds us that He will rescue us, that He will restore His people. And even when reading the Old Testament, these old Jewish stories that have existed for for a long time, that it still consistently points us back to Jesus, doesn't it? This morning we come here and the truth is each of us are facing different things in life, aren't we? We're all facing different giants, different obstacles, different fears. And the good news for us this morning is even if we don't have the courage to face them, even if we're trembling and we're afraid, the good news is it doesn't actually rely on us. It doesn't rely on our abilities. It doesn't rely on our courage. It doesn't rely on our good works. It doesn't depend on our social status. It doesn't depend on our history. But this morning, I want to remind you that we have a saviour in Jesus who as a gift of absolute grace rescued us from sin and death. It's good news, isn't it, Eli? And can I tell you this morning that if Jesus rescued us from that giant, what else could possibly be a match for him? If Jesus has rescued us from death and he's rescued us from sin, nothing else is a match for our Saviour, Jesus. Amen? We're, um, I'll get Dan to, to play. We're going to have a time of just a bit of worship, I think. And praise of our God, a praise of our Saviour. But what are you facing this morning? What have you been facing this week? Maybe for some of you, what have you been facing over the last year? Even longer. My first question to you this morning is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you need a rescuer? Do you need a hero? I've spent a lot of my life trying to be the hero. I'm... I'm trying to be as honest as I can. Where if I got my stuff together, maybe I could defeat the sin in my life. Maybe I could defeat that fear that exists. And I've spent so much energy and I still fall short. But this morning, I want to tell you that we have a rescuer, that we have a hero who is well up to the task, who can face that giant, who can defeat it. And I believe that he can take off its head and you be free of that. I wanna just spend some time and, and we'll just, just reflecting a little bit.
Have you been trying to be the hero yourself? Are you torn? Are you like worn out? Are you tired? I definitely felt like I failed for a long time because it wasn't my job to stand up to the enemy. It's Jesus and Jesus alone who can defeat that. Let's pray together. God, we we just thank you for your word, your living word that points out truth and good news. This morning, Jesus, we need you. There are things that uh, we're facing in this room, whether it be health, relationships, financial situations that that we can't defeat. And we just ask that this morning, Jesus, our Saviour, our Redeemer, we ask for freedom in and through Your name. We thank You for Your your victory on the cross and your resurrection. That means that death and sin no longer have a hold on us. And we claim that victory over the lives of each other this morning. Holy Spirit, just in these moments, move. of your salvation this morning. Um, just, just with eyes closed, just out of respect for each other, just, I'd love to target some prayer. And if this morning you, for whatever reason, whatever it is, you need rescuing this morning, I, I just ask in faith that you might just raise your hand. I just want to, We just want to pray for some people this morning. We won't make it public. It's just... So if you're needing rescuing this morning, please just raise your hand. I just want to pray. Yeah. Uh, Right now, as as a faith community, we pray for those who just raised their hands and we ask Jesus that you make yourself very real. We thank you that Jesus, you do have the victory, that you have won the victory, but you continue to win it every day. We thank you for your salvation. And we pray that over the lives of those who raised their hands just now. Praise you, God, our hero, our rescuer. Continue to work, Holy Spirit, in these moments. Now, the interesting thing 
That is when we know that we have a hero fighting for us. Who knows that your courage steps up a little bit anyway? Right? It's kind of this weird thing. Like, I don't have the courage, but suddenly a hero steps in and fights for you. Suddenly you, your courage steps up. Suddenly the things that did intimidate you in the past maybe don't have the same fear anymore, right? I am... Um, I was pretty fortunate in high school. Uh, I loved going to school. I actually, I actually really loved high school. I had a great time in high school. And I never really got bullied or picked on. But can I tell you, I should have. I started high school, I really should have. Nick knows, like, I'm a massive nerd actually. But... But when I started high school, I was tiny. I was this, like I weighed like, I think I weighed 31 kilos when I started high school. It's like nothing. That's, yeah, you're younger than me though. Anyway, I was short, skinny. I had massive buck teeth. Didn't I, Dad? Yes, yeah, he reminded me every day. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> But I should have been picked on, right? But can I tell you, looking back, I had heaps of confidence at school because I had these two mates. I had these two mates, Kai and Wooly. Kai was a very strong boy. He wasn't the biggest guy in school, but I reckon he could have taken anyone in school. He was, he was strong. I had another mate who was the mouthiest kid in school, in the whole school. He could be anyone with his words. Let me tell you. He. So when I was at school, I just knew that my two mates always had my back. And so I, I didn't act in fear ever at school because I was like, i got these two mates. They're really good friends of mine. And, and they weren't looking for a fight, but if one came to me, I knew that they always would have my back, which meant that I could just live school well. Now, I know that's not everyone's situation and school can be really hard for people. The reason I'm telling you this, well, at school, I knew that whatever, whatever I came up against in the schoolyard, I had two capable friends. So instead of like living life at school, making sure I didn't upset people and I didn't kind of have to do things out of fear, I was confident and I love school. Many of us still live in fear, not knowing who has our back, hey? If I can live in confidence with two mates, knowing that they had my back, can I tell you again, the creator of the universe has our back. The hero in this story, Jesus, has our back. That we can live in confidence. That we don't have to live out of a place of fear, but that a loving Father who can create things from nothing has our back. And when I say He has our back, that doesn't mean we do stupid things, right? 
but it means that we have a Father who is with us, always with us, who is for us, who has won a victory for us. We are going to sing again together. But this morning, just wanted to remind you, as you leave this place, that you have the Creator of the universe who is with you, who has fought for you, who is victorious. Is that good news? Is that something that we can hold on to every day this week? Yes? Yes. Invite Sarah back. We're just going to sing together and lift up the name of Jesus together.